As I mentioned uh, when we began our, our day of practice, um, generosity was, was uh, very often the first thing that the Buddha would teach when uh, people came and, and asked to follow the path, to understand the, um, the path to awakening. And um, uh, it, it helps us to loosen our grip on the things that we, we hold on to, that we identify with, that we think that you know, belong to us. And, uh, and it opens us up to the life around us. And, um, and, it, and it comes from uh, and develops the capacity to let go. And this practice is very much about letting go, letting go of the things that we hold on to that we think will give us security or uh, make us feel like we are somebody uh, or... Um, or help us to feel more comfortable and to find those um, the, the happiness and the safety and the um, and the uh, aliveness that we're seeking uh, within our own being to discover that it's not what we hold on to that uh, will give us happiness so so this process of letting go is really important. Um, and, uh, and it not only is, is a support for our own awakening and freedom, it's also it's really helpful to other people. So uh, when we give in all kinds of ways, give of our, of our resources, give of ourself, of our time, our talents, um, our love, our kindness. So, so um, it's uh, it's a win-win for ourselves and the world to to be generous. Um, in uh, in the Tibetan uh, Burn Buddhist tradition that um, that I'm also studying, it's it's taught that generosity is the mother of all the wholesome qualities of a compassionate being. Um, so you know uh, the stories that people shared this morning as we began uh, were so uh, beautiful and and they were and one of the things that was was so lovely is that these sometimes it was such a simple thing that you know welcoming somebody you know just saying hello uh, welcome how are you you know glad you're here uh, it and it's something so it's something we can all do and um, you know, we can remember to to smile at somebody we can uh, validate the humanity of somebody who's taking care of us in a store and showing us uh, something or checking out our groceries so um, uh, we we can live in our homes and, and, do, and, and be in our places of work with that sense of generosity um, rather than self-protection and competitiveness, you know, which, which many of us have been conditioned to, uh, to, to feel that somehow um, we need to assert ourselves, uh, compete, um, be, you know, demand the, the the respect and acknowledgement from everybody so uh, so generosity brings a just a different different kind of energy into our homes and our communities and how we interact with neighbors um, generosity of heart really does begin with being generous towards ourselves um, so that kindness towards ourselves that, uh, that I talked about as, um, as I sort of guided us into the meditation practice. Uh, 
taking that time to uh, to just tune in to our hearts, uh, compassionately receiving ourselves as we are. You know, just like uh, how many times, you know, how many thousands of times might it happen in a day that a feeling arises, whether it's a feeling of of hurt or feeling of anger or a feeling of disappointment, and then piling on top of that is the feeling of self-judgment. You know, like, oh, don't feel that, don't feel that. You know, so just, you know, uh, even allowing, just the generosity of receiving our feelings um, with an open heart, you know. It's not that feelings are right or they're wrong, they just are, you know. They're, they're how our conditioned being perceives and, and receives our life. And it's those filters and and we don't have a choice about what filters we have and and how you know how we color our experience that's just how we've been conditioned and that that changes that changes in our lives that changes as we as we do this practice and uh, and we become more easeful and open and and it, and loving of ourselves and others so so this generosity, receiving ourselves as we are, with all our limitations and, and, and our blindness. And this is ground zero for us to receive others as they are, and uh, without condemnation for their limitations and blindness. So, um, so yeah, what we practice for ourselves is what we can be. And 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 that you know that there is a there is a kind of a repetition of a phrase in in practice that 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 many Buddhists do. Um, May I awaken for the benefit of all beings. May I awaken for the benefit of all beings. Uh, various um, you know some variations on that phrase. And so, as we uh, can be that generous person for ourselves, you know, in this in this case, talking about generosity, um, we enable ourselves to bring that quality of spirit, that generosity of spirit, into our life, into our homes, into our workplace, into our communities into the world. So generosity gives us the space to let go of needing things to be a certain way and helps us to learn to flow with whatever we may have or don't have in a particular moment. It helps us to let go of gripping on to stuff and to our reputation, our prestige, our status in order to enhance our sense of self. As a story, I I remember that um, Joseph Goldstein taught, uh, uh, said in, in one of his talks, about uh, which, which I heard on one of the first retreats that I went to um, at the Insight Meditation Society. So it was pretty early on in my Insight Meditation practice. I had done other kinds of of practice before, um, and um, and he was talking about uh, his time in India when he first went to India and was practicing there, and. Um, he had brought with him uh, a radio from, and it, I, don't, I don't know if it was a, what kind of radio it was, but he could pick up certain stations that he felt were really, uh, it was really important for him to connect to you know, his world beyond you know, this 
this practice situation where he was practicing with a teacher and in a community, and it was pretty intensive. And I guess it was a pretty, it was right at the beginning, it was a pretty radical change for him, a lot of letting go. Uh, um, and and uh, so he had this radio, and it was like really precious. And then it got stolen, somebody stole it. And, uh, you know, it was, I guess, a pretty desirable object in, in India. And, uh, and he, uh, he was really upset. He was really angry. Um, and, and then he worked with it. And, uh, and one of the things he said as he told the story, uh, which really kind of hit me, you know, really hit home to me, uh, was he said, I guess I believe that the radio belonged to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, I wasn't ready to hear that. It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> of course the radio belonged to you. That person stole it. And that was wrong. <laughs> and I shouldn't have stolen it. He was coming from such a deeper place that I was ready to receive it at that moment. And uh, yeah, that lesson when things break, when things um, disappear. Uh, it was as there's been this story uh, going around Montreal. Maybe you've heard it on the radio about this Australian woman. Have you heard the story? She, she's uh, this Australian woman who has lived in Canada for 15 years and. And uh, she spent she spent a couple of years in Montreal and then other parts of Canada. And she had this medallion that she has had all her life. It belonged to her grandmother. Her grandmother gave it to her. And uh, it was a a gold medallion. It was um, uh, it was a gold piece that was pressed. Um, I guess early in the twentieth century, it was something that that people. Uh, passed on to their children in that culture and it had to do with the recession and it had to do with I think maybe discovery of gold in a certain area of Australia I forget all the details of the story but it was it meant a lot to her held a lot of meaning for her and uh, she always wore it around the neck her neck she she just took it off when she went to bed and um and she was preparing to go back to Australia. She had she'd come to Canada to, you know, to be in a relationship. The relationship didn't work out, and she was going felt to go back to home to Australia. And she was shopping and trying something on in the Eaton Centre, and she noticed that the medallion was not there around her neck. The chain was still there. It was her father's pocket watch chain that was there, but. The medallion was gone, and uh, and she, you know, she's put out on the radio, and she's put out. You know, she really wants to get it back. So, um, and of course, people's, uh, you know, heart, their hearts go out to her because she. Uh, it means it has significance for her, and uh, of course, it's quote unquote valuable. Uh, Intrinsically, it's gold. It's worth a lot of money, and uh, so she, and she was really upset that her mother uh, to tell her mother. She was really worried to tell her mother because she thought her mother would be really upset. And and she finally did tell her mother, and her mother said, "Well, maybe you'll find it, but but if you don't, maybe somebody else needs it more than you do, right?" So so I, I thought, wow, that's a lot of freedom, you know. To uh, to express, um, so yeah, so to have freedom around uh, what we imagine to be ours, <laughs> the things that support our life, the things that support our activities, the things that um, that we think we need. Um, Generosity, 
many of you might have heard J uh, Janet Maxwell, our retreat coordinator, talk about this at the end of retreats. She always gives this talk about how generosity brings joy, and um, and that the Buddha taught that generosity brings joy in three ways. When we think about being generous, that our heart can open and we think, uh, yes, I'm going to give something. I'm going to give my time, give my resources, uh, give of myself in some way, give of what I have. Um, and then in the act of giving, it, uh, it brings joy that we see that we're helping somebody, we're, we're offering something. And then in the recalling of the giving, it also brings joy. The joy arises. Oh, I remember giving that to uh, giving something or, or, or giving my time or, you know, being with somebody when they needed me. And, and that was, um, and it's good. It's like the Buddha said, it's good to take joy in this. It's not an ego thing. It's not, it's not, it's not about, oh, I'm such a wonderful person because I gave something. But it's good to open to the joy that comes from wholesome acts. Though that joy feeds us, that joy nourishes us as we uh, develop our wholesome, a wholesome being, a wholesome sense of uh, love for ourselves and acceptance and, and, uh, and love and acceptance and compassion in our lives. So all of these beautiful qualities that develop in, in practice, um, it's good to take joy in them. Um, you know, sometimes giving uh, is, uh, it's not 100% joyful. You know, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's 80% joyful. <laughs> I, was, I was talking with um, a student just yesterday. Uh, she was talking about, she's going off on this trip, um, a pretty amazing trip. She's going to, uh, to study uh, to, she's going to sorry she's going on a on a um, uh, what's the word they use anyway it's a, it, it's a trek in the Himalayas where where they um, they're do, giving med medical care to in remote villages and um, and uh, and so she's and she's been uh, she's been feeling the generosity of so many people who are you know helping her loaning her and giving her stuff that she needs to bring with her on this trip and she's also been wanting to give some of her things away she's just been kind of moved by a sense of this is an important part of her life and she was talking about how she was uh, giving some of her clothing away to uh, somebody who's newly arrived in Canada and really doesn't have a lot and and she said, I even gave away some of the things I really liked. You know, it was a little bit of a pinch. <laughs> it was a little bit of a pinch in giving, but it was good. <laughs> so, so, so sometimes when we give even, and we, we have this impetus to be generous, but then there's that little grasping. And that's okay. It's okay. It's good to, uh, it's good to give. Yeah, but you know, also it's good if we if we think, oh, you know what? I really, I really love that. It gives me a lot of joy, and I'm not ready to give that up. I want to keep that for myself. And that's also good. Cultivating a generosity uh, as a practice shines a light on the habits that say, you know, me first. You know, that's my place in line. What are you doing? I saw you. You cut in there. And, uh, yeah. Or I want that one. I want the biggest one. I want the best one. And uh, it can be very humbling to shine a light on those habits of mind. You know, like uh, they just pop up. 
And then another thing that, uh, and some, some people kind of touched on this in our opening, you know, like intentionally practicing generosity, bringing generosity into our lives as an intention, um, can sh- shine a light uh, also on how we second-guess ourselves in, um, in being generous. Like uh, sometimes, sometimes a generous, you know, this is, I've done this so many times in myself, you know, and I was touched by, you know, somebody talked about how a neighbor welcomed them into a community, you know, like I've, I've thought, oh, somebody new is moving into the neighborhood, I should go and introduce myself, and, you know, and, uh, and then I, I've often, you know, often. I mean, sometimes I've done it, but often I've second guessed myself. And, oh well, you know, like I don't want to bother them, or you know, I don't want to impose on them. But but then it's it's beautiful to hear how these little acts of kindness and generosity and you know welcome really touch hearts. You know, they've touched our hearts, and it can encourage us us to extend ourselves a little bit and get past, you know, the little voice that says, oh, well, you know, they wouldn't be that interested in meeting you or, or, or it would be an imposition, you know, um, and just kind of come back to that place of humanity that knows that, yes, they actually would probably appreciate it very much. So generosity um, you know, frees our mind from that clinging and craving of wanting more and more or something new and different that keeps us on that treadmill of samsara, of wanting the next hit of pleasant experience, the next hit of you know, um, you know, some kind of uh, nice object or validation to make us feel like we're okay or feel that we're uh, we have enough. Um, and and the thing is that that little little hit of pleasant experience never lasts, and uh, and and we just want more. And we want the next thing. So, yeah, I mean, we can buy, you know, we can buy something and we can enjoy it. And, and, and that's great. It's not that we shouldn't buy things that we like and, and enjoy them. But it's when it becomes a kind of a, an addiction and we think that that's where we're going to f- get our good feelings. Um, and, and when we're always wanting to be validated and always wanting praise and always wanting us to say, uh, people to say, oh, you look so nice today, you know. And if they don't say that, then we feel, oh, what's wrong with me? And, you know, uh, we feel incomplete or unhappy. So generosity <coughs> kind of turns the tables on that and it, it helps us to just... Um, find joy in, in giving of ourselves to others. Um, not that it, we want to make a self of it, not that we want to make a self-construction around it, like I'm such a generous person, but that we can, we can um, give that welcoming, give that, um, that, uh, that support, that kindness, um, to others, there's, um, I hadn't thought to read this poem, but um, there's this beautiful poem by Hafiz that I've often read.
I almost know it by heart. It's very short, so I don't find it very soon. So it's um, something like this. Let's face it. Everyone you meet, you say to them, love me. Of course, you don't say it out loud. Uh, every, otherwise, people would call the cops. Still, <laughs> you know, it's really interesting to consider this deep longing that we all have for love. Why not be the person who says, with a full moon in each eye, to all, oh, I got it wrong. Why not be the person who says, with, with a full moon in each eye, to all those hearts who are longing for that, to hear that. Um, I'll find it. I didn't do it justice. I'll find it after the break and, uh, and read it to you. But it's, it's just really saying to, to really, uh, to, to experience our own deep longing for love and, and to allow that, to encourage us, to support us, to give that love, to give that that uh, connection to others. There's a, in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, um, uh, generosity is taught as a, a threefold expression of, uh, of giving. Um, giving material goods, giving the truth, and giving non-fear. Um, giving what? Non-fear. Non-fear. A sense of safety sense of um, so I'll talk about that a little bit so so of course I've been talking about giving material goods can range from giving a bit of food or water to donating a kidney uh, I remember hearing on the radio about somebody who donated a kidney to a stranger you know and I was just blown away. I thought, my goodness, what a generous being. And I asked, could I do that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and uh, so just a smile, giving a smile. So giving material goods, giving money to support people. Um, so many ways that we can give. Um, of our material goods and, and uh, you know, giving away things that we hold on to. I remember doing a, a clearing out of uh, my house at one point, you know, just thinking, I want to just divest and put this back into the stream of life, you know, and I, I noticed I was holding on to things that you know, had all kinds of memories, and a lot of them didn't even have good memories. <laughs> Some of them were painful memories. But I was just holding on to them because I felt I had to hold on to them. So just putting it back into the flow. Um, and uh, giving the truth. So giving the truth uh, can be giving wise counsel and encouragement to others. It can be teaching our, what we understand about the Dharma, about, about how, you know, 
how uh, what we've understood about ways that live that we can live, which are more awake, we can model a kind of gentle self-acceptance and inner listening, so that when we speak and act, there's a sense of integrity, wisdom, and kindness, and 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 others have been models for us, and so we can bring that into the world. It's not that we need to be a great realized compassion wisdom being to uh, to bring the truth to give to be, to be generous by sharing the truth but um, and of course always speaking the truth with love um, compassionate listening is also a way of uh, just giving our presence um, for those who are confused and um, we don't need to have all the answers but we can, uh, and maybe that kind of moves into the third one, uh, which is the giving of non-fear. So um, the giving of non-fear is to provide refuge. So, so uh, we can think about that in a very uh, kind of explicit way as giving refuge to people who are um, escaping from terrible situations in their lives, uh, war and violence and and um, and oppression and uh, uh, being deeply marginalized in their societies. Um, so um, so giving non-fear also uh, can be seen as um, as protecting our planet you know that that people are growing up with anxiety about bringing children into the world or anxiety about uh, you know even traveling someplace or living someplace because they don't know if you know, they'll be able to breathe, you know, maybe if, if they have, uh, you know, problems with their breathing, you know, to, can't travel to certain places. And so caring for our planet um, also is to, uh, to contribute toward non-fear. Giving non-fear is also to not see another as a threat or an enemy, uh, you know, to to be open to another, or or also to not see the other as an object that you want to have or hold or manipulate or um, relate to the other in a way that objectifies them. Um, not uh, not trying to use the other in a way that that satisfies our needs, but to um, fully allow the other to to blossom in their own authentic way. Um, and that mean that calls us to practice an inner openness and freedom. Uh, so being a friend, um, really, uh, being a parent, um, being the child of a parent as parents age. Um, allows, you know, uh, you know. Sometimes, I just get this sense, you know, if I talk about a limitation that I feel in aging, and and my son says, "Oh, mom," you know, it's like, you know, he doesn't want to let me age <laughs> because it's threatening to him. You know, I just get that. Okay, uh, so. Yeah, and 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 really giving non-fear in its in its uh, deepest, most profound way is um, is what we can offer when we are awake, when we are, and we're all waking up. So, um, so a Buddha can awake, can offer this most fully. And there's a there's a mudra that maybe you've seen um, that the Buddha is 
uh, holding one hand up, the right hand is up, in this kind of uh, palm outward, and it's a kind of, um, uh, it's a receptive gesture, and it's, um, and it's, and the other hand is in the meditation mudra um, that, that you see when one hand is over the other and the thumbs are touching, that's the meditation mudra. But in, um, in, this, in this gesture of non-fear, it's, um, it's also, it also expresses to me, it's like when you say stop, you know, like just you can stop. It's not like, like it's not like a command stop, but it's like you can stop. You can just stop. You can stop being driven by your fear, by your anxiety, by your your need, your grasping, uh, your clinging. You can just stop and rest. You know, just rest here. And so, uh, to the so to the extent that we can respond and be present with another with a sense of openness and um, and receptivity and uh, allowing them to be who they are um, that is that is uh, a very profound kind of giving Um, a space of emptiness and love in which we know ourselves to be fully accepted and deeply respected for our essential wholeness and fullness of being and we can offer that presence uh, in relation. And at its deepest, generosity is the non-dual quality of giving and receiving. And the, the essence of this is openness. Provides space for our heart and mind to accept everything as it is. Without openness, acceptance is not possible. And when generosity comes from a space of openness, it's it's an expression of connection that nourishes both the giver and the receiver, and the sense of giving and giver and receiver can actually fall away. So, um, so I'd like to uh, perhaps something has come up as I've been speaking about uh, generosity. Perhaps something has come up that. Maybe you connected with, maybe an experience or a thought, or maybe a question has come up. Um, so I'd like to kind of move into a uh, kind of dialogue realm, uh, a realm of exchange, and um, ask you to genera- generously share uh, what's come up for you. Um, I have. Uh the, not, not I, but many have the... Could you speak just a tiny the, bit louder so that they can hear, the, hear in the back of the room? So uh, we hear that recognition, and it's, the most, it's one of the most important things for people to have, to feel empowered, and also uh, throughout our lives, and in childhood, very importantly, to not be neglected as it causes, um, it can be uh, detrimental to neglect a child. So this, it's uh, complicated for me to blend it into the intrinsic needs since childhood. To not, to reject or uh, let go of the need for recognition. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's more of a Right. That, uh, okay. Yeah. Great question. So I don't know if everybody heard, but um, this is, um, 
the quest the question had to do with it's natural a child needs to be recognized a child needs to be um, uh, affirmed uh, received validated and so um, and and so in the in the act of in the practice of generosity we're the the teaching saying um, like let go of that need let go of that that kind of that constant wanting validation constant wanting to be recognized and approved of so um, I I think that you know you're kind of asking for um, a nuance which is really important and like what happens is that when we get as children the recognition and the validation and the affirmation and you know the the the, the space to be heard that we want and that kids need in other words when there's secure attachment that develops um, then we we tend to not be so driven as adults as we move into our, our adulthood we tend to not be so driven by that continuous need for that recognition and um, but when we're when we're lacking it we can we often are driven by it uh, and um, and so part of what what we need to do in our our uh, spiritual practice um, well part and and in our personal development part of what ideally can happen as we become more mature and we uh, have are, are in touch with our real needs which is a big if because a lot of people spend their lives being driven by un unfulfilled uh, needs right so uh, so that big if if we become conscious of what our real needs are we we can begin to explore those um, perhaps with uh, getting some some help from a psychologist or a skillful friend or a spiritual friend um, and perhaps you know finding more healthy relationships in which those you know it's reflected back to us with love you know that the beauty, the skill, the, 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 the gift that we are. You know, every, we all need to, we all need to have that reflected back to us. I mean, you know, when I talked about my experience of, of receiving that gift from my teacher of being invited to teach a course, you know, that was such a validation for me. You know, it's like, oh, wow. He's telling me that he feels that he wants to pass this to me, and and invites me to teach it. And it was that's what was so profound. It was this deep validation of what he sees in me, and we all need that in big ways and in little ways, right? To I see you, I see the gift that you are, you know, and. Uh, um, So, uh, and we also learn to, in our spiritual practice, so, so in our personal development, we can hopefully um, express our needs, find healthy relationships, and in our spiritual practice, we can give that love to ourselves. You know, we can take joy in the, in the, the generous things that we do, the uh, the ways that that we are um, a beautiful being, and we can have compassion, 
and fully accept the ways in which we are wounded and, um, and are hurting and are um, uh, um, not healed and still feeling very needy. Um, and uh, let's just I'm just I'm just thinking of a story um, something uh, uh, something that happened recently I'll, I'll, I'll share it because um, it's it's just uh, kind of coming through um, so my I, I have a new grandson um, and uh, just born a couple weeks ago, and uh, and uh, my son wanted to give him as a middle name the name of my father because um, because he felt close to my father, and um, and and it was a way to connect him. It was a way to honor his memory. And I had a very difficult relationship with my father. Um, and, uh, and um, you know, and it's something that's still in process with me. I mean, I, I can say, yes, I forgive him. Uh, and yet, it's, um, uh, I, there's still, there's still energy around there, uh, around that. And, and so, so I spoke to him about uh, about giving him my father's name, and I told him how I felt that I felt conflicted about it. And um, and and so it was a beautiful exchange. And and I just realized how it's an opportunity. How he's given me this opportunity. To um, to heal that further, more deeply, you know. Um, so um, uh, yeah. So so we uh, we keep healing, and we keep um, opening to deeper capacities to love and forgive and to. And to accept, and um, and so uh, so that drivenness, you know, um, can <clears throat> resolve itself. Uh, not that we have to, and 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 part of the way that we do that <clears throat> is by recognizing the drivenness for recognition and validation. And and bringing it into that sphere of awareness, and not letting it push us around all the time, you know, but giving ourselves the love that we need um, in in wholesome ways, in wholesome relationships, in in opening our hearts to ourselves and fully accepting ourselves as we are. So, um, yeah. That's a really important question, you know, because you know we can practice generosity in a way that, in which we think I have to, you know. Uh, I mean, we can do all kinds of spiritual practices in ways which, you know, <laughs> in which we do violence to ourselves, you know, like, and I, that's not the spirit of these teachings. It's not to do violence to ourselves. Thank you. Is that does that help? Yeah, it's a deep subject. <laughs> yeah, it's a deep subject. Yeah, I mean, did you want to follow up with a response, uh, another question, or a? Yeah. Um, no, no. I think um, it's it depends on where you take it from. Yeah. That it's not black and white to right. be or not be recognized. 
Right. But uh, it's the way and the level of need that you apply to the recognition, if I gather well, yeah. that it's, it's considered uh, more of a right. good flow or yeah. So yeah, so thank you for that because the teachings, the teachings need to be integrated. You know, it's not so they're not rules that we follow. They're, it's what they inspire. It inspires in us. You know? it, uh, yeah. Other thoughts, questions, comments. <coughs> I'd like to uh, do a bit of a follow up um, on what you just shared with us. You mentioned the idea of generosity, but at times conflict can arise from that uh, generosity. One person's generosity can be perceived very differently by another person, and there's conflict. Um, and then you mentioned love, kindness, acceptance as a way of possibly dealing with that conflict. Um, but what happens if you feel that that is not the approach where you want justice, where you want responsibility for certain actions that were taken, perceived as generous, but turn out to be very cruel, maybe. So where does the generosity, I'm trying to understand um, in the Dharma's teachings, where does generosity uh, start and finish? And when does responsibility, justice takes over? Whether individual responsibility, social responsibility, um, mm -hmm. that's my question. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's an answer to that. I think it's, uh, I, I think it's specific to a context, you know, and that, and that it can be a never-ending inquiry. You know, it might be a never-ending inquiry, like, like. Often in one mo in a in a moment in a particular moment we are responding in the best way that we see in the way that seems the wisest and kindest way that we see in that moment <clears throat> and then in another moment we might see it differently and bring something else in but I think you know these are teachings that we live into you know we live into these teachings and 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 we take it and we try it on and we and then our hearts and minds and bodies move in different ways to so yeah so many ways to explore and somebody once said to me um, the teacher once said to me uh, it's you know there's the Dharma uh, but the real Dharma is the Dharma of of you living the Dharma, what the what your Dharma is, you know. So, so there's you know the the Dharma of um, Muriel. There's the Dharma of Stefan. There's the Dharma of Aki. You know, there's a Dharma of all these different beings, and how that Dharma is unfolding and and living through us, and what what's being released and what's being freed and what's being healed and and uh, um, so yeah it's, it's something to discover yeah. what came to me when I heard that question and I'm not sure if it, if it comes from that but um, depending where the act comes from from what space it comes from it could be an act uh, that seems generous but has an intention of generosity, it's not a giving, it's more um, manipulating or I want this from you. But, and some people can give that without unconsciously being in that mask or that manipulation. And offering their generosity. Uh, and the person receiving it will probably feel it energetically or feel it somehow that, you know, so there's, there's where's the act coming from in me when I give? Is it a free-giving, or is there right. something else behind it? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, and, and so it can be felt as a... as an imposition, or it can be felt as a manipulation. Um, um, yeah. Like, uh, 
<clears throat> you know, we hear stories about, um, you know, parents passing on the family business mm -hmm. to their kids, you know, and this, this can be, uh, you know, a gift, you know, but it can also seriously be a, like a, a limitation. This person just might not want to take on the family business. It might be very alien to them. Sometimes when I'm connecting with the, you know, uh, the feeling of generosity, I, well, I think about when Joseph Campbell was here, not Campbell, Joseph Goldstein was here. great <laughs> <laughs> um, He said that he practiced um, for many years, anytime there was a feeling and urge of generosity, he would not just have doubts, but try to act on it. So, or give some space for that. So I that really um, you know, stayed with me, and I try. You know, I've been trying to do that more in my life. But what I find, of course, is that we all have limited time and resources, and so what I I often find myself stuck in is a feeling of, I guess I want to go and make those people banana bread, you know, the, my friend who's sick, but then, you know, then, I, then I'm going to neglect my children, or I'm not going to be there for my husband, or, you know, so in, in fact, I felt that way on the way here, because my daughter um, is a little sick this morning, and so my feeling was, well, maybe the generous thing is to stay with her, she would really like that, um, and then I said, okay, but then, like, is it the generous thing is myself to come and also you know, for the Sangha to be here like I had planned. So yeah, so it's just a question that I often find mm. myself with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, it's that living living into uh, I mean it's not just generosity that's that is that we're learning. I mean or and or we we could say Generosity. When we think of generosity to everyone, we're part of the everyone, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so it's you know not to um, not to give ourselves things that we need. Um, so, um, yeah. And you know, I, I think that uh, sometimes, sometimes we feel sorry that we can't give uh, a certain way or a certain amount or you know uh, to in a certain to a certain recipient um, or a certain person or cause or you know we feel this sense of sorrow or disappointment in ourselves I didn't give enough and, and I think that's just it's okay to feel that you know <laughs> like okay I feel I wish you know I feel a little sorrow that's and then that that's an acknowledgement of you know, uh, my human limitation. I, I, I couldn't, or I didn't, or I didn't, you know, I feel sorrow a lot. That comes up for me, you know, oh, I didn't say that thing that would have perhaps been the skillful thing to say at that moment, but I remember, I thought of it afterwards, you know. This little sense of sorrow or comes up or, you know, like, and it, and I just accept that. That's I. I feel that's part of just being a human being. That we we as we encounter our limitations, we feel that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but we can't be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a totally different thread on generosity, but this Sort of inspired me to want to bring this up because I read an article not that long ago that talks about um, it's related to all the immigration issues and the shifts to the 
to the right, which are taking place in all parts of the world around immigration issues. And to me, it just seems like that's really rooted in like a lack of generosity in the sense that people are so fearful of wanting to give up their privilege or their all the things they have by the influence of all these immigrants coming into all these countries. So it's a situation, to me, just it, it's part of the conversation of, of generosity. Like people, and it's actually that element of fear is what drives it, right? People are afraid they won't have enough for themselves, so they don't want more, um, you know, they don't want all these immigrants coming in from all these countries. So, I don't know, there's, that reflects to me um, like a lack of generosity. It's incredible how when we live in a country and we're so privileged, we think it's our right and it's only for us to have all the things that we have. Uh, and that people who come from other countries just sort of stay where they are and that they don't have the same right just because of our boundaries or, or where we're born. So, I don't know, yeah. put that out there. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's not an easy thing because I think that we need, yes, we, you know, we, we have, I, I feel that a, lo a, a big, a big, extra big serving of compassion is needed all around, on all sides, you know, for those who, who need and who are, you know, seeking to have a, a safer, um, uh, happier life and, and, and also for those who fear and feel threatened. And, and when and when we dismiss or discount the the fear, uh, it I think um, I think you know we need. I, I I'm I'm reminded again and again. Uh, I recently kind of came across this this um, conversation, uh, a, a record of this conversation from somebody who had been talking to Martin Luther King Jr. Um, way back in the, you know, during the civil rights movement when he, when he was at the forefront and, um, and, and he said, you have to love everyone. And this person who was at that time an activist uh, said, no, I don't. I don't have to love people who are, you know, causing harm. You know, I'll love the people who deserve to be loved. <laughs> and, and King laughed and said, you have to love everyone. <laughs> and I think that, I think that in terms of of working in the world, uh, my really strong feeling, because I've I've been in the activist world when I was young, and I see how much anger there is there, and I just it's so difficult to keep loving. But I think that as we bring the Dharma into our social work for social justice, like we have to love everyone. No, like. Yeah, there's a, it's. I think in one of your other retreats, you, you quoted from one of those activists who said, "You don't have to like somebody." But right. But you don't have to like. You, you don't have to like. Yeah. 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 You don't have to like. You don't have to agree or or approve of, but um, uh, or, and you can even see how harmful it is uh, to act in that way. I'm not going to find this poem. Oh. The Hafiz. Um, so, um, everyone you meet, you say, 
find the thing that is also often challenging is the weight we put on words. It's like there's a word love, and then all of a sudden there's all of this stuff that arises. You know, like no, I can't, or yes, I can, and yes, I have to. You know, I don't. You know it, it, it's also like giving responsibility, or I don't know, just yeah. Letting go of like, what do we peace. mean by love? And yeah. yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I want to hear that somehow. And it's also like I wanted another way of saying it. And I was like, wow, all these things are just so unimportant somehow, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's working with what we receive. Yeah, work, as, working uh, within ourselves. Discernment for me is such a big, you know, the balance, the discernment, and yeah, and just working with things and letting them kind of just see how they resonate and finding your balance and then responding. And, you know, it's like it's. Right. I think that's so important, and I'm really glad you brought it up. And and it, you know, I and I think it it again, it's a process, right? It's a process, and um, you know, sort of when we close our heart to somebody, and we judge and we condemn and we say, you know, those are the problem. Those people are the problem. You know, whether it's the refugees or the people who want to keep refugees out, you know, then we polarize and, and we can see and, you know, what's happening with polarization. And, 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 um, and that's good for us. Yeah. Yeah. To become part of the inside. Yeah. Sorry, we become part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, you know, it's, it's that inquiry, that, that spirit of inquiry. So this is the poem. (laughs) Admit something. Everyone you see, you say to them, love me. Of course, you do not do this out loud, otherwise someone would call the cops. Still, though, think about this, this great pull in us to connect. Why not become the one who lives with the with a full moon in each eye that is always saying with that sweet moon language what every other eye in this world is dying to hear. So, thanks to technology. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's uh, Daniel Landinsky's re-rendering of a poem by Hafiz. So we'll take a break now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.